Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for My Wit Radio, brought to you by Women in Technology. Now here's your host, Tricia Stezzi. We are here. I'm so excited. This is one of my favorite things I do each month. Um, today, we are going to be speaking with uh, Nancy Treister, a, a female leader that I admire very much. Um, I can't wait to hear about her story. But before we kick off with this interview, let's um, just mention why we're here, which is um, because women in technology and our mission is to empower girls and women to excel in STEAM from the classroom to the boardroom. Um, and so I'm the host here today because I am the volunteer program director for WIT Forums, which I am very excited to say that our next WIT Forum, which is Wednesday, next Wednesday, we're, we're sold out. So you got to move fast around here if you want to um, come out to breakfast and and mingle with the tech leadership in, in Atlanta and, uh, and learn from the best. So this week we're going to be um, doing the road to the C-suite. So this is a great kickoff to that. We've got an amazing leader here today. Um, and so in my day job, um, I feel like there's a nice connection to um, what we'll be talking about today. Um, I actually have a company called Significance. And what we do is engage people and create value for clients by engaging people around purpose. And um, I, I'm just a real believer, and this is one reason I love volunteering with WIT, is that diversity, purpose, um, and uh, technology, when you combine those things, um, not only do you get success in business, but we can solve some of the greatest challenges in the world. So I love when that combination um, comes together. And for the uh, many business people listening out here today, I know you know that in- disengagement is expensive. So engagement is something we all uh, strive for, and we're going to hear a lot about that uh, today. So with that, uh, let's kick off this interview and get into the meat of this. Um, so as I mentioned, my guest today is Nancy Treister. She is the SVP and GM of Strategic Operations for Verant Customer Engagement Solutions at Verant Systems. She's got 30 years of high-tech software industry experience, many leadership roles, so I know she is going to share a lot of wisdom, um, especially for the the female listeners out there about how they might um, reach these levels in in industry as well. So um, with that, let me ask my first question to Nancy. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what you do um, at Verant? And um, so that will give us some context for our, our interview. I would love to hear some backstory. Sure. And maybe I will even start a little bit with yeah. what Verant does. Okay, great. Um, because that'll put a context into it as well. So as you said, we're focused on engagement as well. Yeah. Uh, our focus is to deliver technology to companies so that they can manage their customer engagements. Mm-hmm. So most organizations are very focused on creating a better customer experience, but also unfortunately trying to balance that with cost. And so all the technologies that we offer are in that sweet spot of how do they help raise the customer experience, but also help the organization balance cost. Within that, as you said, I'm the GM of uh, strategic operations, and that is um, a combination of a multitude of things. I run global marketing, our strategic alliances, and several of our business units as well. 
um, which means that I spend a lot of time in acquisitions, M&A, but also a lot of time with our customers and um, and our partners, which is an important part of how we go to market. Our largest office is here in Alpharetta. Um, we're headquartered out of New York, but our largest office for the customer engagement solutions group is, uh, is Alpharetta. So this is a great place for us to look for new associates and help make sure people know who Varen is. Um, and, and also I know that within this work that you do in engagement and, um, efficiencies around that, there's a lot of AI involved. There is. So maybe we can dig into that a little bit later, but let's first start with, um, your journey as, as a leader in, in the industry, which, um, is, you know, somewhat rare to have a female, um, in the leadership. And what I find is so, um, kind of crazy about that is that um, there's so much research out there showing that when there's diversity in leadership, especially in gender, the companies outperform. So I feel like the wherever you have been in your leadership roles, they're lucky to have had you because I'm sure those results have have been amazing. But can you share like what what has your journey been like? How did you get to where you are? Well, thank you for asking. Um, <laughs> I, I think a lot of our journeys all start with how we're raised. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, w- I grew up in Macon, Georgia. Yeah. So south of here, about an hour and a half. Both my parents went to Emory. Uh, and I would say, I, and I have one sister who's one year younger than me. And I would say that it was never a topic of any discussion at our house that as girls, we were expected to perform or have any different kind of, uh, careers or life expectations than boys did. I don't think either one of my parents had ever crossed their mind, never even remember having an, a discussion about that. So we either ignored the topic completely, I'm not sure which, or <laughs> my parents just were oblivious to the fact that there might be some limitations yeah. because we were girls. Um, awesome. Because of that, I wanted to be an architect. And so um, I went to, I applied for at Auburn in Georgia and Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. And my senior year of high school, my dad pulled me aside and he was always very supportive very, um, I'd say pushed us a lot, but at the same time pushed us in the directions we wanted to go in. But he said, you know, Nancy, I think the future is computers. Mm. And I think you need to second guess this whole architecture thing and really think about mm. going into computers. And I thought, okay, well, this is kind of rare for him to push his way into my something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to, he took me to his office. They had just bought a mini computer. This was a huge deal. Think about this. This right. is 36 years ago. They had just bought a mini computer. Visionaries. And it really, and this was a huge deal. So yeah. he took me there. They had hired somebody to manage this computer they had put in their office, made me spend the day with the guy. Yeah. I thought, okay, well, I don't know, but okay, you know, why not? I'll try it. Right. So I changed my major to at Georgia Tech to computer science and I, well, decided to go to Georgia Tech and yeah. decided to be a computer science major. I was a computer science major for two years and then I switched to business and to accounting. Um, happens to be in Atlanta at the time. This is 1984. One of the largest technology companies in Atlanta was an accounting software company. So they recruited heavily out of Georgia Tech, as you can imagine. And so I was fortunate enough to get a job at Management Science America or MSA and um, worked in the um, support organization for our services organization for accounting software. But I also think that was another advantage that I had. That company hired a lot of women. Okay. They had a lot of women in leadership roles. Mm-hmm. I 
remember walking around and thinking, you know, oh, you know, look at her. She's, you know, doing X, Y, and Z. Never once again crossed my mind mm-hmm. that you couldn't be extremely successful yeah. to be a woman. But I, I think I, I got fortunate because I got into a company where mm-hmm. that was the kind of business that they were in. I feel and like they, that, sorry to interject, no. but I feel like that is such a great example of, um, if you can see it, you can be it. It really helps to see role models that look like you and you have that experience. And now here you are. So isn't that amazing? I agree a hundred percent with that. I really do. But I also think the other, one of the other really important, um, things that I didn't notice until a couple of years into my career was it's also about what you're looking for. Mm. So, um, this goes a little bit to advice to young women, Mm -hmm. but I can still remember one day, a few years into my career there, uh, coming out of a meeting with a friend of mine, she was a female. And she was about my age. And she said to me, can you believe that guy said that to me, spoke to me that way because I just because I was a woman? Mm. And I remember thinking, no, he spoke to you that way because what you said was stupid. (laughs) But 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 she was looking at it like Mm. somehow she was being attacked because you're a woman. And Mm -hmm. and honestly, didn't even cross my Mm -hmm. mind in the meeting that that she had been, uh, you know, targeted in any way. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure. Somewhere in my career, I have had um, things happen to me because I was a woman, mm-hmm. but I'm oblivious. <laughs> so so I also think it's what you're looking for. If mm-hmm. you're looking for a fight, you're going to find one. That's what people mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. I think if you think about yourself as a person mm-hmm. and as a capable person and as just as good as everybody else and that you expect to get the promotion just as much as you'd expect to get the promotion and you're not looking to be pushed down, I think that attitude adds to your ability to be successful. I think that's a really great point because it's uh, it's pointing to actual confidence and that comes intrinsically and someone doesn't need to uh, give that to you as a gift, right? It's like you just knew who you were and um, were able to carry that through in your business. Yeah. It, I, I just make, I just, it makes a difference if you're look, if you think, yeah. if you're walking around waiting on something bad right. to happen, or if you're walking around assuming that, yeah, the good things are going to happen. Okay. I do think attitude and confidence make a big difference. I totally agree. And, um, and it's, it's almost like you have a choice where you can envision the future or the life you want. And, and, um, and so pay attention to that because if you're doing it unconsciously, then you might create some negative outcomes. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, great. So it sounds like to me, you had a uh, really excellent upbringing in the sense of this, you know, neutrality. I feel like I had that as well. I always played sports and, and all of that. So I, I feel like that was, um, helpful, if you will, to just be able, be encouraged to do what you want to do in life and anybody can do anything they want. And mm-hmm. so. I'm not surprised that with that going for you, um, you know, you went forward and, and, um, pursued your interest and here you are. Um, and so through, through this career where, um, you know, you started in architecture and moved into computer science, did you have mentors that were part of that journey that you want to talk about? How, how was, was that an influence for you? So that's actually the second half of my story. So oh, okay. Very wow. well, very good lead in. We're in um, sync. Yeah, very good lead in. <laughs> so um, I went, so I was working at MSA and yeah. I worked, started in their services group, then moved to the pre-sales team, um, then managed the pre-sales team. But part of moving into pre-sales was um, I got, I was assigned to the government healthcare group. 
And the regional vice president of that group was a man named David Gould, Dave Gould, who's in technology here in Atlanta today, part of a VC firm that invests in technology companies. And so I was part of his um, team, so to speak, and um, continued in the region, working in pre-sales, then eventually managing the pre-sales team. And Dave went over to our corporate office and and started to run one of our divisions. And so he tapped me on the shoulder and said, I want you to come over here and run product management for this division. It's like, I don't know anything about product management. No, no, you'll be great. You come do it. You come do it. So I did it. So I worked for him for quite a while as well in our corporate office. He left and went to Boston actually to be the CEO of a company there. One day I got a call from a, from a, um, a venture capital firm out of Boston. They were investing in a technology company here in Atlanta. And they said, we're looking for a VP of marketing in uh, Atlanta for this small technology company we're investing in. And Dave Gould has given us your name. So I wasn't even looking for a job at the time, but I went, I interviewed, and I took the VP of marketing job at Witness Systems, which was then bought by Varant, which is how Mm. I'm in the role I'm in at Varant today. So mentors do make a difference. One day I was at uh, Witness, I'd been there a couple of years, and the board called me and said, um, we're letting the CEO go. And I was like, oh, my goodness. I don't know if I've got the wherewithal to train a new CEO. When you're the VP of marketing, you spend half your time getting the CEO on board with whatever you're trying to do. Love it. So fine, a uh, new CEO. I don't, you know, I we'll see if I can tolerate that. And they said, but we're bringing in a new CEO. And I'm like, okay, who's that? And they said, well, it's Dave Gould. I'm like, oh, oh okay. So I could probably deal with that. Okay. So Eight years later, we um, sold our set. We, the senior management team, the executives at the time, there were three of them. Dave was the CEO of Witness. We sold ourselves to Varant. So I'm sitting at dinner with the CEO and the president of Varant, who, by the way, are still the CEO and president mm. of Varant today. The president of Varant is my uh, my boss. I'm sitting at dinner with them um, at the the night where everyone's sort of getting on board, being told what the what's happening. Mm. And the three guys who we call the three amigos, the CEO, the chief administration officer, and the uh, president of Witness were all retiring at the acquisition. Mm. So I'm sitting next to the CEO and he says to me, um, you know why you're sitting between the two of us? And I'm like, no, I don't know why. And he said, because Dave Gould tells us it's okay for the three of them to leave. All we need is you. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my oh God. awesome. I love it. Wonderful. So... <laughs> You know, it's funny how you have someone I, I use, I kind of jokingly say when I, you know, the person in my life that stood behind me and mm-hmm. pushed me to, you know, into traffic and said, I'm sure you can get it to the yes. other side of the road. There was, it was consistently Dave. Now mm-hmm. there's other mentors yes. in my career as well, but it is amazing how having someone who's constantly pulling you mm-hmm. to the next place or pushing you, mm-hmm. um, is, also a big part of a career, no matter who you are, female or male, I think it's that that's a big part of having um, the support you need to take the scary next step mm-hmm. that sometimes is bigger than you think you can handle, but also probably the next place you should be going. Absolutely. Wow. What a, what a cool story of, of synchronicities too with you and Dave. Um, I totally see the power in, in someone believing in you as he did because he saw you work and, and, um, 
helping you take that next step to the next level. I know that's something, you know, at, at WIT, we're um, mentoring from all different ages. And, and in fact, I, I've also felt like nowadays it's good to have a younger mentor mentor the older people sometimes as well, because then you stay in touch with what's current in that sense. So mentoring in general can be extremely powerful. Um, so let's see. Um, tell me a little bit more about um, the engagement piece of what you're doing um, at Verant. I just want to dig into that a little bit because okay. um, I just feel like it's such a, a powerful topic and with, with all the data out there and how do we use that to actually make better customer experiences? Right. You're exactly right. And really engagement is in two places. It's yeah. customer engagement. And then as you know, already in your career, it's yeah. employee engagement. Yeah. And you know, there's definitely plenty of um, market research that says that organizations that have engaged employees have better customer satisfaction, better customer engagement, yep. and are more successful. So when the kind of technology that we bring to the table is really focused on um, making sure that organizations have the tools they need to help customers get the responses and information they need f- for service. So it started in the call center, which is where service all started back in the day. You know, yeah. you've had to make a phone call every time yes. you had a question. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the technology's core is in the call center with telephone calls. But beyond that, it's um, chats, emails. How do they ensure the quality of those interactions right. as well? And we moved into bots. Oh. So when you go online on a website and you try to have a conversation with someone, yeah. you actually can have a conversation with, you know, the bot, yeah, or at the time you don't, you the virtual assistant is yeah. what they call them today. And you type in your question and it goes and finds the answers and brings them back. The sophistication level of that kind of artificial intelligence is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's matured so much in the last mm-hmm. few years. And obviously as more companies try to provide more self-service technologies mm-hmm. on their websites, on their mobile mm-hmm. apps, et cetera, so we can find our answers as uh-huh. best we can. What we've left is a call center that gets the really hard questions and the real complex stuff. And employee engagement in the call center is more critical than ever before because now it's not the simple, quick answer, what's my account balance? Now it's the complex stuff. They have to raise, they've had to raise the level of employee that they have in the contact center. It's got to be more sophisticated Mm -hmm. than it has. And uh, it's just a more complex job. So a lot of the tools there, you'll see gamification, mobile apps, so they can create their own schedules on their mobile apps. They can shift swap on their mobile apps. A lot of those types of things are finding their way into customer service jobs because people are desperate to keep those employees longer because the Mm -hmm. knowledge they need is much more sophisticated than what it used to be. That makes sense. And, um, and probably more fulfilling too, because they aren't just reading a script as much there, you know, there's much more depth to what level of knowledge they need for that job. And then they have these tools I love that. I love seeing how, you know, the innovation that's happening in that area because we all want the answers quickly Mm -hmm. and nobody wants to wait on hold either. So I think um, this is a fabulous area of innovation. And there's more AI even at the employee. So when the employee's sitting at their desk, now a lot of the repeat tasks that employees don't want to do, you'd be shocked how much when, when someone answers your question, they actually have to go update four different systems behind the scenes. Oh, you change your address. Mm. Amazing. Behind the scenes, they may have to go to four different places to change your address. Now there's bots that they change the address in the first place mm. and the bot behind the scenes goes and does it in all the other places. So yeah. automation and AI, yeah. even to help the boredom 
Yes. You know, like you said, the right. boring stuff that yeah. employees have to do off the table yeah. with AI. It's amazing. Yeah. If you think about that, we've all called in and I'm, and, and we're frustrated with whatever our problem is. And you know that the person on the other end is just as frustrated. So yes, anything- you do. <laughs> and they're just the messenger, right? In the end. We sadly. like to kill the messenger. Exactly. Case, so yeah, it's good. You're kind of creating a much better world for everyone. Yes. <laughs> Um, okay. So let's, um, speaking of employee engagement and, and, um, and Varent, do you have an approach, um, that you want to share about how you're, you know, focusing on diversity and inclusion at your company? Um, are you proactive in that area? Um, we are proactive, but I will say that, uh, a lot of, I, like you said, a yeah. lot of organizations just naturally have the kind of people that they have in terms of leadership roles. And yeah. Ferrant is also the kind of company that has a lot of natural female, mm-hmm. both employees and leaders. Yeah. Average technology company has about 20% female. We're mm-hmm. over a third female at Ferrant. Okay. Yeah. And we have females in lots of senior roles mm-hmm. as well. So Great. creating that role model. And as you said, I do see, um, I do see I do hear from the younger women on a very consistent basis how much they appreciate just seeing me in the role I'm in and how encouraged they are by the ability to have the kind of career that they want because they can see that that's Mm -hmm. very possible and that it's, you know, they see other people doing it. And that does that does make a difference as well. So one of the topics we're going to cover in March at the Whitforums is about uh, having a powerful presence. And that's something you definitely have. Um, do you have any advice or, you know, guidance to share with our audience? And that's male or female, but just, um, about kind of, I guess I would say, uh, leaning into the, the leadership power, you know, presence that, that kind of takes. I love that. I love the concept, the yeah. power of presence, to be yeah. honest with you. <clears throat> I think presence is, um, I think it's huge. Honestly, mm-hmm. I do think it's a big part of where people differentiate themselves mm-hmm. is with presence. I don't know how much of it's learned and how much of it's innate. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say for those people who are natural extroverts and maybe have an innate power of presence, I would suggest that you probably will find yourself, if you're young, as you get older, really learning how to contain it. It's mm-hmm. almost the other problem. Mm-hmm. You know, we get mm-hmm. too... Um, controlling in the conversation or too controlling in the meeting and not allowing the other people who add just as much value, but don't do it with the kind of, um, not as comfortable speaking as extra, extrovertly. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a word, uh, <laughs> but you know, uh, as everyone else is mm-hmm. not giving them the opportunity and taking the time to make sure that you, you get their input and get what they're thinking out mm-hmm. because it takes all kinds to run a business. Mm-hmm. It can't be all extroverts. It can't be all introverts. Everybody has to work together. So I think power of presence is, it's got two sides. It's got the, the ones who come by it naturally and you have to control it mm-hmm. because I think it's one of those things that can um, turn a lot of people off if you're too forward and too out there too often. Yeah. And then it's also the people who naturally don't have that, um, uh, natural instinct to, to chime in. I see a lot of people when we do a Myers Briggs who are natural introverts who mm-hmm. I wouldn't have guessed they're natural introverts. Mm-hmm. So they've, they figured out how to find a way to get mm-hmm. their voice heard and to make sure they have presence. Right. Even though it's maybe not their nature. Yes. And that's important. Yeah. Because those are people who are in senior roles that I'm really surprised when I find out they're introverts. I'm like, yeah. wow, I, you, I, yeah. you, you know, you, 
It's not, not what I would have expected out of you. So it is important because you can't sit quietly in a meeting and then expect people to, um, to treat you with a lot of, um, interest and a lot of, um, respect for what you say. If you're just going to sit there in silence, you mm-hmm. have to be able to have the confidence to jump in when it's appropriate and make sure you're making your voice heard or helping raise an issue that everyone needs to think about. So it is, it's a really important part of yeah. how to be successful, honestly. I love how you, you mentioned both sides of that coin. I think, um, as well that they're both important. And, and one of the things I think you pointed to was that, um, as a leader, holding space for other people is, is actually really, really important and not always hogging up all the space and, um, and, you know, kind of allowing the, making sure all the voices are heard. Uh, and, and then on the other flip side of that, if you aren't naturally extroverted, yes, you can learn. And that's actually what we're going to be talking about. Um, you know, kind of making sure you're paying attention to what your presence is and, um, being conscious about, about that. And you can, in fact, learn, like you said, to, um, you know, pick up some different skills to make sure that you are, uh, you could be the smartest person in the room, but if you're not kind of engaging, then um, they may not get you where you want to go. So yeah. I, I loved your your input on that. Um, let's see. So um, where else where else should we go today um, in our interview? Let's talk about um, giving back. Where where are some areas that um, that you like to give back in in your personal or in your in your corporate life? So I think that changes as you get older. Yeah. When I was, uh, when I had young children, I had mm-hmm. to focus my giving back, if you will, yeah. totally on making sure that I was focused on sc- their school or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Anything that was surrounding them because yes. I was a working woman. Right. So I needed to make sure that my focus was, um, something that engaged my children so mm-hmm. that I could spend as much time with them as possible. Yeah. Um, I also spend, have spent a lot of time volunteering at my church, yeah. um, as, uh, chairman of the church council and yeah. on the board at the church. Yeah. Um, and then with startup companies. Mm-hmm. So spending time making sure that either on the board of a smart a startup company or yeah. at least mentoring people who are involved in startup companies because yeah. we've seen all spectrums, you know, from what it takes to be a very small company to be a larger one. Mm-hmm. So we do encourage people to get involved, uh, across the board, but at Verant specifically, yeah. we focus on what we call the next generation. Uh-huh which is uh, ensuring that we're always doing things that are around uh, children. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, do backpacks in the summer. Yeah. We do angel tree in the at Christmas time. Yeah. Uh, individual teams are encouraged to go out and, um, and volunteer in groups that, you know, the, one of the teams just went to foster care just mm-hmm. recently. So okay. we do encourage that across all of Verant because yeah. obviously making sure that people understand it's important that the company has a presence, not just mm-hmm. as a technology provider, but we're aware of what's going on in our community yeah. and we contribute to it. Big part of what needs yeah. to happen for sure. Thank you for doing that. Um, something that you just touched on, uh, there I want to spend a little, a couple minutes on is you mentioned your family and, and being a parent. Um, and we're all trying to juggle so many different things. I've sort of come to the conclusion that there's no such thing as balance. <laughs> um, it's kind of, you know, just how do we do all these things? Um, and so how, how have you approached that over the years, uh, trying to keep all the balls in the air? So I have some definite opinions about that. <laughs> um, I have two boys. They're now 24 and 25. Yeah. And, um, and I had a working husband who was mm-hmm. an executive in a software company as well. And I think I felt this is a little bit of what not to do, by the way. Okay. Uh, so lesson learned. Uh, 
I think I felt that I had to prove to my children that they were just as important to me as my job. Mm -hmm. And so I literally tried to do everything myself. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, if there were errands that had to be run, I mean, I tried to do them. I tried to do all my work and everything I needed to do at my job. I tried to do everything on the weekends. I was the team mom for the soccer team and so on. Um, and then if somebody needed a ride on Friday night to a party that, and, you know, they were 15, then, yeah. you know, I was the mom that everybody could count on to drive. I think I figured out my husband finally retired a few years ago and I gave him things to do. And I figured out, you know, this man can actually take the shoes into the shoe store to have them repaired. <laughs> I'm telling you, for 20 years, I never asked him to do any of those things because I felt, I think, enough guilt mm. by being in my job that all the home stuff I had to prove that I could mm. do everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so use your resources. Mm-hmm. Don't feel like you have to do it everything yourself. Mm-hmm. Give yourself a break yeah. and not a break. I don't mean a break like, you know, go take a bath. I mean, give yourself yeah. a mental break. Right. Like you don't have to be everything mm-hmm. all the time. Other people can do stuff right. and use it, take advantage of it and yeah. don't feel guilty about it. You know, let, let yourself off the hook for having to do everything. Um, I, I wished I'd learned that earlier. Mm. Um, I will say, um, that my children, and I, you learn this from your children's friends mm. when they're in their twenties and their friends are saying, Oh, I'm so excited to meet you. You know, your son has said this, that, and the other about you. I do find that both of them have um, a lot of pride mm. in my career Great. and, and the things I've done and, and, that really yeah. helps a little bit in the guilt because you right. do have guilt. No matter what, right. you're going to have guilt because you definitely spent nights out of town or yeah. weren't there for events. Um, but it does help after, you know, when they're in their twenties to see them look back and have such positive, um, uh, feedback about you as a person and as a parent. I agree. And there's definitely the, the guilt factor. I oh, think we all struggle with that. Um, and, and, uh, the other thing I've heard other people say as well is that at least, um, one other thing you can focus on is when you are with them to be, be there, be you know, present. be present. Um, and that, that goes a long way. So since we that. can't be there hundred percent, make the time yeah. count. I, and, and it really does go back to your, um, volunteering and, yeah. and, uh, community yeah. work. I mean, you, you just, you change your priorities. Like, right. so when they were young, all my, I was on the chairman of the school council. Right. I was in, you know, science on the science team or whatever you did, yeah. whatever little bit of time I yeah. had for volunteer work was totally yes. focused on children and yeah. them specifically and what yeah. they, people were looking for in their world. And as they got older and didn't really want me to be around what yeah. they were doing, then I, then I switched Shift my focus to other things, but you know, let your, and don't feel guilty saying like I always said, I only can have three things I'm doing outside of work, mm-hmm. three volunteer things. Mm-hmm. And when someone would uh, ask me for the fourth, I would yes. say, nope, until something rolls off, right. I can't take on another thing. So I had that lemon and it helped me. Once I had yes. that lemon, I could say, I knew it was easier to say no. That is a great tip. And I, I felt that's a great tip in general in life. Once you kind of have this clarity on what your priorities are, then it's easier to be clean cut and say, nope, I'm, I can say no to that and feel good about right, saying no. Right. So I think that's a great tip. And also I feel like, um, the guidance you were just sharing about, um, your family and how you kind of manage that also works with its leadership in general. So you can't do everything. You have to build a strong team and delegate. I feel like you basically just said we should do that in our family that's too. A, you know, I never <laughs> thought of it that way, but you're exactly right. That's exactly what I mean. You're yeah. right. It's more delegation. Yeah. I mean, and you're still a team. You're all working together, but um, you don't literally have to do every single thing for your team to function. In fact, 
your team may function better if you aren't doing every single thing. You're probably exactly so that, right. So that should help us all with our guilt factor today. <laughs> Um, well, I don't feel too guilty about having all of these incredible women in the workforce since we do um, contribute so much to the world, so much to the bottom line. All the research is out there. They need us in the world of business. Um, and so uh, we should be proud to be at work and, and our kids are proud of us, too, yeah. for it. So. And, you know, women in the workforce is kind of the same thing I talked about when I said introverts and extroverts mm-hmm. is it takes all kinds. Right. Yeah. People in, in order to be suc- the most successful, make the very best decisions, mm-hmm. having a more diverse set of opinions right. to bring those decisions together just by default will make a better. Right. Um in result, you know, when they say two heads are better than one, one, that's not just the saying. That's the truth. That's the absolute fact. And sometimes three and four heads are better than one. Right. So the more diverse opinions you get, the better solution I think you'll end it's up with. Definitely correlated to innovation. The more diverse people around the table, whether that's, you know, gender or culture or, you know, any, any variety of diversity. So, um, I think. You know, that's just good to remind people. Mm-hmm. It's not always obvious, but the numbers are there and we know this is true and it is very logical. So, um, so there, so we have many, many, many reasons to continue to follow our dreams and, and do contribute our strengths to the world, whatever gender we are or whatever, you know, uh, description we are in a, in a certain culture or whatever that is. So I feel like that's kind of the bottom line. Um, and, uh, I wanted to see if you wanted to close out our, our, awesome chat here today with any like final wisdom or guidance that maybe you've picked up over over your career that maybe we didn't touch on or that you just want to emphasize to our audience i think that uh probably more focus on just being you think of yourself as a person yeah it doesn't matter whether the color of your skin Mm -hmm. or your gender or anything or your background your culture just think of yourself as a person with all of the beautiful skills you bring to the table, whatever those are, in whatever career you're trying to get or whatever ambitions you have and, and just look forward. You know, um, I, there's, we had a speaker one time at one of our user conferences and she did, um, triathlons, massive triathlons. Mm. And she was on this very competitive team and they were at the end and of uh, this triathlon and, I guess it was, yeah, it's probably not technically a triathlon, but anyway, they were carrying their canoe at the very end. You had to carry it at the very end to get to the finish line. Mm. And she kept looking, they were winning and she kept looking behind, um, turn around, looking behind them to see where the, if anybody was catching up or not. Right. And her, um, the leader, the leader of her team looked at her and he said, he grabbed her head and faced it forward. And he said, Winning is that way. Mm. So stop looking back, you know, she, without yeah. saying it, stop looking back. Winning yeah. is that way. So yeah. take your, your, take who you are and, and don't just think of yourself as a person, not as any particular gender or diverse anything. Just you're a person with the skills you have and look forward. Winning is that way. I think that is beautiful advice to end on. And, and thank you so much for sharing it and telling us about your story and journey and, and what Varent Systems is up to. So uh, this has been an honor to talk with you today. So thanks for coming by. And thanks for inviting me. Great. Well, uh, so that's going to be our the end of our interview today. But I do want to make a couple announcements about what's going on next at Women in Technology. 
I mentioned earlier that Wednesday, next Wednesday, the 19th, is our next WIT Forum, which is the a Road to the C-Suite. We are sold out, so this is that's going to um, teach you to go ahead and buy your tickets for the March WIT Forum, where we will be talking about um, creating a powerful presence, and we touched on that today and how important that is. So we'll see you in either February or March. And we also have a WIT Social on March 4th, so that's going to be at... Um, that's Women's History Month, so great reason to get out and socialize um, with the tech community. And it'll be at Vino Venue at 5.30 on March 4th. So lots of ways to get involved. Um, of course, you can volunteer with us. And um, just let's close out with our mission, which is uh, Women in Technology is focusing on, focused on empowering girls and women to excel in STEAM from the classroom to the boardroom. I hope everyone has a great day. 